Hello, and welcome to this week's uh, Photographic Life. I think that's kind of a theme this week. As always, not deliberate, but um, let's get started and maybe you'll notice what it is. Over the last uh, week or so, I've been giving a lot of thought to um, the creation of a photographic um, degree that I'm starting um, establishing at uh, Oxford Brookes University uh, on, in Oxford uh, in the UK, and that's starting in September. It's, it's a degree from nothing in that uh, they've never had photography there before. So it's a fantastic blank canvas, blank piece of paper. But it's been making me kind of reflect and um, assess kind of where photography education is at the moment. Uh, where photography is at the moment as and as you know as uh, we spoke about in last week's podcast um, there seems to be uh, a strong feeling that um, the photography that is deconstructed is the photography that is pushing forward but I you know I I think that's such a simplistic um, kind of response to the kind of challenges that photography is currently facing um both from a democratic perspective in that uh, you, know, you know the global use of of photography and also from a technological perspective from a functionality from all sorts of different areas um and certainly from photography as a profession as a practice as something to earn you money so kind of where i'm coming to from this um i suppose it's very much um, based in the foundation of where I come to photography from. And maybe that's one of the issues that um, we're talking about here, is that starting point, that entry point, that gateway that you have to photography. I came to photography from a very commissioned basis. In that, from a very early age, from like eight or nine years of age, I only wanted to design album covers. And I found out that the people who did that were called graphic designers, and therefore that's what I wanted to be. Therefore, I studied graphic design. When I started to work in magazines, in editorial, my introduction to photography was from that commissioned basis. Uh, I never wanted to be a photographic artist. Um, that term was never used uh, in front of me. I was never taught that because I didn't study photography. And so it allowed me to come to photography, I believe, with a very open viewpoint. It allowed me to find my own way, but it has also left me with, with a... a a perspective which in itself I hope is very open and very generous to all other areas of photography. In the past when I started and, and as I've said previously I started working with professional photography around 1984-1985 um, there were very strict um, borders between different areas of work, between those who are ploughing a very personal field and looking for arts council funding, various kind of grants or bursaries, or um, looking to education to fund their personal work. Obviously, there were those working in the advertising industry, which was very um, specific in both its requirements and also in its funding. Um, and the amount of money that you could earn working within the advertising industry. 
And then within editorial, and within editorial, it, it was sort of widely accepted that you got slightly more freedom than you did in advertising photography, and therefore you got slightly less work. But if your editorial work was seen within advertising, there was a possibility that you might get that work on the back of it. Um, it really was a possibility because my understanding of, of where everything was at that time, and if I talk to people going backwards uh, in time now, their reference points of advertising photographers are not mine from an editorial perspective. So they're very much different worlds. I do apologize, I just clapped my hands there with overexcitement. Anyway, so this is where we are. Until, of course, uh, the digital uh, revolution, whatever you wish to call it. Today, we're in a position whereby I believe those boundaries have been broken down. And it's just as likely now that an advertising uh, campaign, uh, an art director, creative director, photo director within an advertising company is going to be looked to commissioning uh, contemporary art practice photographers, um, I'm afraid, to make them look good, to make them look, go to their clients and say, hey, look, we've got this guy who's just had this big exhibition. Therefore, that photographer is important and you should have your brand associated with that photographer. Of course, advertising photography continues, as does editorial, but there are a lot more photographers now stepping between those areas as advertising photography looks to be more real uh, and therefore looks towards an editorial, I hate the word, but I'm going to use it anyway, lifestyle uh, kind of photography. And then, of course, to the very far reaches of CGI and that over post-produced work which almost takes the photograph as a, as a starting point if if at all actually um and moves it more towards the illustration the painting uh, whatever that may be we we know all of this we see it every day photography is the thing that informs all of our decisions what we buy who we vote for, what we eat, where we live, the cars we drive, the films we see. We know all this. It it seeps into our everyday consciousness to such an extent that perhaps we're not aware of how intrusive the photographic image now is in our decision-making process. Uh, I apologise if that sounds kind of uh, condescending. It doesn't mean to, to be. But I think what the reason I'm making this point is because I think it's important to understand this idea as photography without frontiers, this photography without boundaries. But at the same time, whatever work is created, if it wishes to exist, or if the photographer that creates it wishes for it to exist within multiple environments and what i mean by that is within a commissioned environment perhaps with a within a published environment um, self-published environment perhaps a gallery environment that photographer has to be aware of the um, expectations of those contexts therefore what i've been talking about and thinking about over the last week is how do you create a photographic course for the 21st century, which actually recognizes that breaking down of borders and does not kind of recreate um, a perception and understanding based upon learning or teaching 
from the 1980s. This is controversial again, but when I see so much analogue work and I see so much darkroom and I see so much concentration on what photography was and not on what it can be, that starts to get me a little bit worried for the sort of future of, of photography as it's being taught. We cannot continue to dismiss social media, Instagram, online, moving image, AI, AR, computational photography. These are key elements of the medium that we work with. Therefore, we need to adopt them we need to understand them, and most importantly, we need to recognise them as the future of our medium. This week's guest um, explaining to us what photography means to him is Daffid Jones, and perhaps the you know this is where the theme comes in. You know, Daffid, all of his work is commissioned work, and yet it is published, it is collected as prints, it is um, shown in galleries. So, who is Daffid Jones? Well, Daffid um, is somebody, he's a good friend. I'll, I'll put it out there straight from the beginning. I've, I've known Daffid since the early 1990s, when as the art director of Tatler magazine, uh, the moment I heard he'd returned from New York to London, I instantly contacted him and started to commission him. And if I'd have had my own way, he would have done everything for the magazine. But anyway, just like Martin Parr, Daffy Jones um, actually had a spell as a holiday camp uh, photographer. Um, but in 1981, he won a competition run by the Sunday Times um, with a set of pictures titled Bright Young Things of Socialites in Oxford. It was these images that led the editor of Tatler magazine, Tina Brown, to hire him to photograph society balls, debutante dances and high society weddings for the magazine. Uh, that magazine, of course, being Tatler. In 1989, he moved to New York and began working for the New York Observer, producing feature and news related images, whilst also documenting society events for Vanity Fair magazine. Daffid moved back to London in 1996 and began to photograph the art world and society events, as I say, for Tatler magazine and for the weekly London-based ES magazine and most of the UK broadsheet newspapers, as well as contributing to Vanity Fair in America. In 2015, after placing his faith in what became a disastrous magazine launch, Daffid found himself with an empty diary for the first time since he'd started working as a photographer and therefore joined a community darkroom to print a boxed set collection of silver gelatin prints titled Exhibition in a Box. He then went on to create two further box sets, Teenage Balls and Sleepers, and to have his work published in a series of titles by um, the brilliant Café Royal Books. Daffid continues to work as a commissioned photographer for magazines and newspapers, and his work is held at the National Portrait Gallery, the Hyman Collection of British Photography, uh, the Martin Parr Foundation, uh, the Opsis Foundation, and uh, that which is in New York, and the Yale uh, Museum of British Art. Let's hear from Daffid. Thank you, Grant, for having me on A Photographic Life. Uh, photography. Photography for me is about how I see and relate to the world. But hang on, I'm just a party photographer. I found myself in this narrow niche and had to make the best of it. 
for the last 30 years, really. I've tried to get out of it, but um, I keep ending up back at uh, photographing parties. Um, I've always tried to be paid for my photography. In fact, that's been essential. <laughs> but it's always, it's been difficult, if not theoretically impossible. It's been precarious. I've had to do some demeaning jobs. And to find work and earn a living, I've had to be uncharacteristically pushy. But photography is something I use to communicate. I share, exhibit and publish. Other people's opinions have always interested me, even when negative. But pictures are needed and in the right circumstances are valuable, as I've discovered. For me, photography has always been to do with experimenting. At art college, I use photographs as source material and I use them in collages and paintings as a reference. I tried out different cameras and developing techniques. Uh, and then I began working in photography and carried on for 15 years or so in magazines. And when digital photography started, I was an early adopter. I learned how to use scanners and a huge variety of softwares. I could see the advantages for building up an archive as I went along. Later, different digital cameras, I tried them all out. I found I could do amazing things in low light with the consumer digital cameras. And this continued onto the phones, which keep improving. I've recently built a darkroom again, which is where I am now, having returned to my negatives doing new edits of pictures I took in the 1980s. But I, I love photography. It's the unexpected moments, the anarchy of it. I like the way you can make a visual joke in a photograph. I'm often amazed at what there is to see and photograph if I simply look. Just walking down the street, but obviously parties are rich source material. I used to think I knew when I had a great picture. It would hit me like a punch in the stomach, and that's normally the case. But it can take a long time to realise what's there, as I've been learning. Listening to Daffid there, it makes me realise so many themes have come together in this week's podcast. As always, um, slightly chaotic in nature. The fact that Daffid was such an early adopter of digital technology, and I, I remember vividly him coming to show me his panoramic stitching images um, very, very early on. Must have been during the late 90s, I think. Um, but then he, he got the, that work published and he turned this experimentation into a form of, of income. At the, whilst he's, he's kind of happy to adopt that, and, and I, again, I remember him working with really terrible, cheap little digital cameras um, in the early days of digital, that he still is able to embrace the darkroom and the importance of the darkroom. So when I was saying at the beginning of this uh, this podcast, this episode, that, you know, there's all this kind of thing about the darkroom, I think hey, what I'm, I'm talking about here is the need for openness, the need to be open to the darkroom, which I am, and to analogue photography, which I am. I was an analogue photographer working on a commission basis for at least seven or eight years. And I am surrounded here in the shed by by prints and by uh, negatives and contact sheets from those days. But at the same time, be willing to try the new. And the same, and this is where the, the whole situation for me comes together in such an exciting form. 
that we can embrace the new, but we don't have to reject the old, but we don't have to just say that the old is the only true way. At the same time, as Daffod was saying, his work, and, and I explained, you know, his work is held in um, big collections, serious major collections. It is sold as prints. It is published as beautiful books. But at the same time, you know, he's able to reflect on where that work comes from. And as he jokes, he's just a party photographer. He's obviously not. He's a documenter of those situations and, and an extremely good one. So if you're not aware of Daffid's work, do go to his um, his website and uh, and check that out. But anyway, I think, you know, what Daffid encapsulates there is what I was trying to encapsulate at the beginning of this episode, which is that need to ensure that we don't pigeonhole ourselves, that we don't feel that we have to fit into a set uh set of rules i suppose that we don't have to wear a particular um outfit or costume that defines us as either serious photographers or as artists anyway also a theme um which i'd completely forgotten about of course there that uh, daffy's sort of breakthrough body of work um came from oxford the the place i i'm going to be teaching in so that's pretty much where we are for this week. Maybe a, a, a more strident episode than um, than previously. I don't know. It's always just a reflection here at the photographic life of what's been going on in the previous week and what I've been seeing, what I've been hearing, and obviously what I've been doing. It's just always great when I hear the contributions from photographers, which are completely, as I always say, unedited, unscripted by me and um, just run whenever whenever I can run them that they they kind of uh, what's the word I suppose they kind of they feel kind of symbiotic they run alongside the thoughts and the thought processes I've been having I hope that some of the things I've said this week um, hit home with you as always you may disagree with some you may agree with some either way that's your call that's the whole point of the podcast is to have discussion and of course the whole point of a photographic life is to take care